0: fill up every day at his pump, lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's Word is truth and your questions matter. So, we've been in Ephesians, and we're in Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to be touching on verses 7 through 9 today. 7 through 9 of chapter 3 of Ephesians. But to give in context, let's read from chapter 3, verse 1, so we can get an understanding of Paul's mind, Paul's idea, what he's trying to convey. It says this, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purposes that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through, the, through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. So that's a beautiful piece of Paul of him unraveling this mystery and god's purpose through this mystery and what is this mystery and paul just can't contain himself because he has an idea down in verse one where he says for this reason i paul a prisoner of christ jesus on behalf of you gentiles and then in verse two all the way on to verse 13 he basically gives a side note before getting back to for this reason, right? Because we get that in verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knee knees before the Father. So, he gives a side note, and this is very Pauline of him to do. But we're going to be focusing verses 7 through 9. So, this is what it says. I'm going to read it again. And it says, Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I'm the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to life for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things. So let's look at verse 7 more deeply. It says, Of this gospel I was made a minister, according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. So Paul was given a mission, and it had to do with this gospel, right? Because he says, of this gospel, I was made a minister. So what gospel? Well, this gospel refers to the gospel that causes both the Jew and Gentile to be, one, fellow heirs of the kingdom with Christ, Two, members of the same body, right? Not different bodies, but the same body. And three, partakers of the promise. And I get all of that in verse 6 of chapter 3. So just right before he lets the readers know and lets us know, let the Ephesians know that this was the mystery. The mystery was that, Jews and Gentiles are fellow heirs with each other of the same kingdom and of the same body, not different bodies. God didn't uh, purpose two different bodies, and one of them consists of Jews and the other one consists of Gentiles. Instead, he made one new man out of the two, Um, and we all are identified within the same body. And that's a beautiful thing of reconciliation that God does. God reconciles us to himself and also to everyone else who believes in Christ, everyone else who is a believer. So then he goes on to saying, I was made a minister. So of this gospel, I was made a minister. So what does he mean there? uh when paul says i was made a minister it refers to what he said in ephesians chapter 1 verse 1 where he says paul an apostle of christ jesus by the will of god right paul didn't appoint himself to be an apostle he didn't appoint himself to be a minister of this gospel but instead he was made a minister so when it comes to preaching god's word In a local church context, you are made a minister. You are called to that position and there's qualifications that you must pass in order to be within that context of preaching as a pastor in a church. Right? It's not just anybody, but he lays out... This is what it is. So first and second Timothy, we it's very directed to pastoralship and also Titus, and in it we see the qualifications and how people are called to this position. They're not just put there because they want to be there, right? Now our desires change whenever God saves us, and if God has called you uh, to the ministry of Eldership to be an elder of a church, um, then your desire will change, and now you desire to do that, right? You know for a fact that God has called you to this. Um, so, so back to this, Paul was made a minister, right? In all of this, all of uh, this ministry that Paul was appointed to. To be a minister of this gospel, it says, according to the gift of God's grace. So God's gift of grace was given to Paul, not without effort, but through God's power. So this wasn't of no power. Instead, it says, according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. Right, so what is working of his power? Right, it's the word in Greek is where we get our word energy. So, working of his power through this power, God made Paul to be an ambassador for Christ, right? A minister of reconciliation, or you can say, was put into this ministry of reconciliation. Evangelists are called to do this. All believers, in one way or another, are ambassadors for Christ. But but here, Paul mentions that he was appointed to this position, a specific position, uh, to preach this gospel to the Gentiles, specifically. Right, so, and through this power, God made Paul to be an ambassador for Christ. And that is found in Second Corinthians 5.18. By giving him the privilege to proclaim the gospel. So, being able to give this gospel, to give this good news, it is a privilege to be able to do that. Right? And not just any good news, but this is the good news of Jesus Christ or the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, do you treat it as such, or is it a burden to give this gospel to people that you know are perishing apart from Christ? This is a a reality check. We have to put into thought and understanding that this life is nothing but a mist. One minute we are here, the next we are gone. We don't know how long we have here. And... When God calls us to love Him and love neighbor, our closest neighbor are are our relatives, our family within the home and then our neighborhood and then those within our family by blood. They are our closest neighbor. So we must put our pride aside and bring into reality of sin the problem of sin and what sin does to us right we are in shackles to sin and without Christ we will not be loosed from these shackles Paul tells us in Romans ten seventeen, for faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ so in order for one to have faith in Jesus they must Know the gospel, right? There's enough evidence in this world for our condemnation, but not enough for our salvation without the preaching of this gospel, without the teaching and exhorting of what God calls us to. And he tells us, repent and believe in the gospel. So, so do you treat it as such or is it a burden? now in verse 8 it says to me though i'm the very least of all the saints this grace was given to preach to the gentiles the unsearchable riches of christ so reading back at this paul could have said to me this grace was given right you could have taken out though i'm the very least of all the saints and you could have said or read to me this grace was given to preach To the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. That would still hold truth. But Paul wants to add something in between. And what does he put in between? He puts, though I am the very least of all the saints. So Paul, what he's doing, he's including something that proves God's power at work, right? God's power is not passive. But it's at work, working within us. The Holy Spirit is weaving through and humbling us, right? The grace of God is shown in the gospel, and thus it brings us to a humili- humility state of mind and heart. Um, Paul had every right to be proud of who he was as a Jew, right? Right? He mentions that he's a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. Let me just read this to you. Philippians 3, verse 4. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews as to the law, a Pharisee as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. So, Why does he count all of this as loss? Well, it's because of the surpassing worth, right? Surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, of knowing Christ Jesus. So how many of you can say that? How many of you can basically lay aside all of your achievements and count it as loss, not care about it because what you care the most is to know God, and know God fully, completely. Right? Scripture tells us that in Christ is hidden all knowledge and wisdom. And then in the Old Testament, we are told that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, we are to fear the Lord. And through this fear of the Lord, we begin to understand because we gain knowledge became wisdom and then we start understanding that all of this knowledge and wisdom is hidden in Christ so Christ reveals to us what has been hidden Christ brings to light enlightens us uh, with the truth and Jesus says I am the way and the truth and the life and no man comes to the father but through me so yeah Paul had every right to boast But what does he do? He lets us know that God is at work in him by showing his humility by saying, though I am the very least of all the saints. So again, this is what the gospel does, the true gospel, the real gospel. Not that there is another because all of those are false gospels. Those are fakes. The real one is what's shown in scripture. Of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. See, Jesus has come to save his people from their sins. So all of us who put our faith in Christ and have repented of our sins. This is the Jesus that we are to believe in. The God in the flesh, it says in John. Right? He took on flesh and dwelt among us. He is the eternal word. That does not pass. So what God does through this and what Paul is showing here is that God humbles us uh, when this grace is given to us. This gospel, whenever we receive it, right, it humbles us. And that's what God does because God gives grace to the humble, Right to the proud, he turns his back on. If you're prideful, there's no room for grace as well. You are to set aside your pride in order for God's grace to be given to you because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And then, if we keep reading, it says, to me, though I'm the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So, whenever he uses the word the unsearchable, he uses a word in Greek that is Greek to me. I don't know how to say it, but it's, I'm going to try my best. It's annex ichniastos. And it's found nowhere outside of the biblical context. So this word does not a, exist in the Greek vocabulary, but exists in Scripture. And what Paul is doing, he's creating a word. Basically, he invented a word to describe the riches of Christ and how it is impossible. Or it's, We are unable uh, to find it, right? And that's where we get our word unsearchable in the ESV. Uh, It is built on the word footprint. So the idea of footprint. And whenever you search for somebody and you see a footprint, you follow these footprints until you get to uh, the last footprint, which leads to the person or whoever laid down the footprint. So unsearchable means... That cannot be traced, right? So it's the, uh, the, the negative of following or being able to search the riches of Christ. Instead, here it's the unsearchable riches of Christ, the untraceable riches of Christ. We cannot reach to this reality of the riches of Christ. And the source of these riches is Christ himself. So God grants us and gives us His grace abundantly. Gives us wisdom abundantly. And we know the source is Christ. But if you try to follow these footprints, uh, you won't find it. Um, Cannot get to the bottom of it. Or the top of it. Right? And... Paul, what he's just doing, he's just given us this idea of the unsearchable riches of Christ. This is how abundant uh, the riches of Christ is. And then we finally get to verse 9. <clears throat> finally, we get to verse 9. In verse 9, it says, And to bring to light for everyone... What is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things? So finally, Paul gets to, and to bring to light, right? So this word light, it's, the Greek word is photizo, and he uses the same word in verse 118, where Paul prays uh, that the hearts may be enlightened. The word enlightened is the same word, photizo, But here to bring to light, Valtizo, for everyone, what is the plan of the mystery? So, what Paul is doing here is he is bringing to light to us that he is called to this specific ministry. And this ministry is to bring to light for who? For the Ephesians? it says for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God so what Paul does is he brings to light that his words are so true that it will hold its strength even till now we are reading this and God's word is relevant so Yeah, Paul could have said you and speaking to those in Ephesus only, but instead he says everyone. God's word is relevant always. And as we are reading Paul's letter, this is God's word. Right? 2 Timothy 3.16, we get that all scripture is God breathed. And right here, Ephesians is scripture. And that's why Paul, he lets us know earlier in Ephesians whenever he says how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. And as I have written briefly, so Paul is unraveling this mystery to us, to the Ephesians, and he's saying this is the mystery. Whenever there's something that was hidden for some time and now whenever we read Paul's letter, we understand what the mystery is. What God is doing is he is bringing to light what was hidden. And it says, what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God? So this plan is not some foreknowledge of God that he at one time started planning it out. And then he says, finally, I got it. I got the plan. No, this plan of the mystery was hidden in four ages in God. So this plan wasn't just out of the blue. God had to create it, come up with it. But instead, it's been the same plan, plan A. Right There's no plan B or C or D, plan A. And it says, for ages in God, which God? The one who created all things. It says, for ages in God who created all things. So Paul, again, letting us know who had this plan of mystery that was hidden in him. Well, it was the creator of the universe, God himself, the sovereign God. That's basically what he is doing. The one who is in complete control, who created all things. This was a plan that was in him, hidden for ages, but now revealed. Praise God uh, for this gospel and for reconciling the Gentiles and the Jews together into one body, the same body. And all of this was for the glory of God. So, to end this, do you understand the implications of this gospel and what God commands of us now that we have been revealed, have been enlightened, have been brought to light this mystery. If you have truly understood the gospel and truly understood uh, the nature you were in before Christ or apart from Christ. Then put yourself in the shoes of everyone else who is apart from Christ. Now, don't you want to evangelize to them? Don't you want to share the good news to them and let them know there is hope. We have sinned against a holy and righteous God who is just, perfectly. Therefore, he has to commence his judgment on all of those who sinned against him. And his judgment is hell forever. That is the jail cell of where everyone goes who has sinned and has not repented from it entrusted in Jesus alone for salvation. With that understanding, don't you want to tell people about it? So I encourage y'all, those who are listening to this, that you make an effort to share this gospel, to give this gospel, to be able to uh, tell people the truth. That there is hope in Christ. And there's a reason why he is called the Savior. Right? He saved us from what? Right? When Jesus was put on a cross, he said it is finished. So he drank the cup of wrath that was supposed to fall on us. Instead, he took it upon himself. And he took the wrath of God for all of those who put their trust in Christ. That's what Jesus saved us from. He saved us from sin and death and the judgment of God. So now this should bring us uh, to worship God truly. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero.